Just to introduce myself, I know I've met uh, a lot of you, but not all of you. So my name is Dave Wilson, and um, I'm a member here at the church, which is probably good. Uh, <laughs> wouldn't want to listen to somebody that wasn't. Um, I am the husband of Susan Wilson. It's my wife right in the front. Say hi, Wayne. And I have four kids, the youngest of which is here tonight, Leah. Uh, we also have Luke, Zach, and Ben. Um, Zach is our second. He's actually getting married um, Saturday, yeah. So, so we're busy. We're trying to figure out all the rehearsal dinner stuff and, and arrangements and stuff. So, um, but we've been a part of the church. We actually came over in... Uh, the end of August in 1992, is that right? To help the church get planted. So we're talking about the 21st anniversary of the church. We're going to celebrate that Sunday with a picnic. We do that every year. We actually came over about six or seven months prior to the first meeting to help uh, with, with some other folks to help the church get started. So all that to say, folks here have been putting up with me for a long time. So they're very, they're patient, they have a lot of endurance, they have a lot of perseverance. Um, had the privilege of serving as a community group leader and uh, along with Pete. Uh, so we're going to be serving as uh, elders in the days to come. And I guess we are now. I don't know if we are official or not. I don't know how that works. We're, we're non-vocational, so we don't get paid. So the paychecks haven't started yet, so... But um, anyway, it's a privilege to just to be here with you tonight. The Foundation Series is just so good. I mean, it, and it's such a privilege to be able to go through this material, even though I've heard it for, for 20 years plus, uh, but, it's, but it's vital. It really is uh, at the core of who we are as a church. So I appreciate the fact that you, I guess this is the sixth week you're going through, you're taking the time to hear a little bit about you know, what makes this church what it is. I mean, all, all churches have some differences, and it's always great to take some time and get to know, you know, who the folks are and what they believe, and just to make sure that there's the vision that the church has is one that you're, uh, is in common with you. You don't want to be probably a part of a church that's like, wow, I don't agree with anything, but they're, you know, they're their decor is nice in their building. So I go, <laughs> you want to go to a church where you really uh, share the vision and, and can throw yourself wholeheartedly into what the church is doing. So if you would, let's take a minute and just pray, and we'll begin um, our message for tonight. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this church, Lord. It's not the only church. It's not the best church. It's not anything, but it's just, it's, it's our church, and it's, it's the group of people that you've brought together, and uh, we're so grateful that we can labor together, that we can be a family, that we can represent you in our community and, and in our city, and Lord, we just thank you for all the blessings that we have as a people, Lord, that you've uh, enabled us to continue and to grow year after year for for two decades now, Lord, that's a, just an evidence of your grace and your mercy. We thank you for all that you've done. Pray that you'll open your word to us tonight. Lord, help us to grow in understanding. Help me to serve 
these good people that have taken time to be here tonight. Lord, please help me to do that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, hopefully everybody have a handout. Uh, if I'm right, everybody should have a, there's an outline for the meeting, uh, what we're going to talk about tonight. There's also a handout that you can read at another time, um, just an extra resource on community. In addition, I don't know, did it, Larry, did, if he handed out um, a CD, did everybody get a CD? That's an additional resource that we just wanted to make sure that you got. But tonight, we're going to talk about the church's life, and we're going to talk about community. Community as a means of care and a means of ministry in God's family. So, when you think about the Christian faith, when you think about life, there's some questions you could ask. Um, What's most important for a new believer? What will strengthen your faith? What will help you and encourage you to continue to press on and grow? What's a great uh, means of grace for uh, worship and helping us to fight against sin and tools for us to, to grow in evangelism? How do we best image God? How do we, how do we represent God in our community? What's the best way for us to do that? Um, when we talk about the mission of the church, what, what's the primary emphasis, the primary focus of that happening? Well, for our church, um, community is at the heart. Community is the answer to all those questions. So we see community is vitally important in the life of a new believer and the life of a not-so-new believer, too, quite frankly. Uh, community will help strengthen your faith and uh, encourage you to press on. Community is a great uh, place for worship and uh, to help us to battle against sin and to help us to grow. And it really is uh, one of the best ways for us to to image God in our community. It's when we gather together as community that we can represent God most fully. So chances are, I mean, in a room like this, we've got people that have had uh, experience in church. You, you've been in different places, whether it's different churches in the city here, or maybe you've, you've moved from different places. So um, chances are you've never been a part of a church that you would say, oh, community? No, we don't believe in that. You know, we don't, we don't like people getting together. Uh, I, I don't think any church would say that. I think all churches would, would say, yes, community is good. But how community is represented and, and what the community life looks like can vary from church to church. So we'll talk a little bit about how community is expressed here at Gulf Coast Community Church. So, you know, you think about our church, Gulf Coast Community Church. Obviously, community is in our name, so it must be important. And it really is one of the defining characteristics of who we are. So, I mean, if you... Uh, if you were to talk to Pete, uh, if he meets somebody who says, hey, uh, tell me a little bit about your church, some aspect of community is probably going to be communicated pretty early on. It's a, it's a defining uh, characteristic. So um, why is community so important? Um, you know, it's important that we're known. It's important that we have an opportunity to connect with other believers because 
you know, you can come, chances are, you can come to a Sunday meeting and you could be barely awake. You know, maybe you're, you know, you've got your coffee and you're, you're doing, you know, you had a tough week and you know, he's got his coffee. So, um, you know, sometimes we just feel like, man, I know I've got a pulse, but man, I'm just barely alive. Um, I'm just surviving. Community is uh, a place where, you know, we can know, we can be known, we can grow, um, we can experience life. Um, I mean, we know that we should be passionate for the Lord. I mean, we know that we should be devoted, but, but we need help. We need, uh, we need encouragement. We need examples. And community is a place that a lot of these things happen. So... Um, let's take a look at one of the places, uh, a great place where uh, Scripture represents community. If you have your Bibles, and I think this is uh, mentioned in your uh, handout as well, Acts chapter 2. I'm having somebody text me the message notes, so I don't know. I hope that's not distracting. Uh, Actually, I'll turn that off. Um, Acts chapter 2. We're going to read about a devoted community and a growing community. Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 38. Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them and he he pleaded with them, save yourself from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. So we've got, we have the gospel being proclaimed, we have the Holy Spirit coming, and uh, you know Peter is exhorting. Um, you know the church is being born, and uh, so what does that? What does the life look like of the first church? What are they defined by? Let's read that, starting in verse forty-two, talking about that first church. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was in awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together, and they had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So this is a community that's as a direct result to the gospel. The gospel is proclaimed. The gospel comes forth. The Holy Spirit ministers that gospel, and people are saved. There's a community born. And uh, it's interesting to see these are a devoted people. What are they devoted to? Uh, The apostles' teaching. That's good. And... and, uh, I know we place a high uh, priority on the teaching of God's word, but they were also devoted to fellowship. Now, think about 
I mean, if I were to ask your friends and say, you know, tell me something that, what is Doug devoted to? You you think about devotion. It's something that you really care about. It's something that is a priority in your life. Um, I don't know. What, Randy, what what are you devoted to? I mean, if if somebody were to say, what is Randy devoted to? What might somebody say? (laughs) They would say that's a good question. Uh, what, what are some things you could be devoted to? Something that's like, and devotion is like something I'm enthusiastic about. It's something that I organize my life around. It's something that I make time for. And family, okay, I'm devoted to my family. Um, your pets, okay, you care about your pets. You care for them. You, they're, you know, you probably buy them food and stuff. <laughs> Spend time with them, okay. So when you're devoted, it's it's not just sort of a, Devotion sounds like it's one of those kind of religious-sounding words that, you know, if I, I talk to Mark generally and just say, you know, you're such a devoted... I mean, Mark's going to look at me and go, I don't know, are you trying to sell me something? I don't know. But devotion, you know, it's what are you, what are you excited about? What are you jazzed about? What are you, what are you passionate about? And um, these first believers were passionate about teaching and to fellowship. And fellowship is that sense of uh, a shared life. I mean, a lot of times fellowship can me- means like, well, we had the meeting and now we're eating snacks. It's time for fellowship. Well, fellowship does not just mean standing in a room and eating snacks. I, uh, fellowship is sharing your current experience of God together. So if I'm going to fellowship with um, Leighton, and I just say, Leighton, let's, you know, I want to hear about what God's doing in your life today. What do you, you know? What are you encouraged by? Are, you know, are there scriptures that, you know, are there things that your struggles that you're going through that that I can pray for you with? Fellowship is, I mean, it's sharing life. It's it, it's being involved with one another, and uh, that's what these believers did. They had things in common, and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. So this is. Uh, this is kind of a window on what the scriptures say about community. It's a result of the gospel. It happens when Peter preaches. People believe. They're baptized. Um, so salvation in Christ is, is the entrance into this new community. Gordon Fee, if you look at your uh, handout, I think you have a quote by Gordon Fee. It says, God is not just saving individuals and preparing them for heaven. Rather, he is creating a people among whom he can live and who live their life together. They'll tangibly reproduce or reproduce God's life and character. So it's not just us getting saved, us being right with God, and that's, that's it. God's done. No, he's bringing us together. He's knitting us together. We'll talk in a minute about some of the, the metaphors for the church. They always involve this connection and and they're built together or, or they're somehow knitted together. There's a, there's a sense that we're together. Uh, it's not just us and God alone. Um, gospel-centered community is the vehicle through which God's mission is carried out. So, in other words, we're called to be something and we're called to do something together that we can never be and do just by ourselves, And, you know, that's, in some ways, this isn't a popular 
sentiment in our in our culture, in our community. I mean, especially Americans, you know, we're we're rugged individualists, you know, we're pioneers, you know, I can do it myself. I can pull myself up by my own bootstraps, you know, and there's there's some merit to that. There's some merit in taking uh, uh, responsibility for yourself, but but the church, as as it's defined in Scripture, is one where it's like, no, this is a shared lifestyle. No, you can't just do it yourself, Dave. You need there's things that Randy can do for you. There's things that that Randy can encourage you in that you can't encourage yourself in. So we need one another, God. You know, we, we read about the Holy Spirit coming. And one of the reasons the Holy Spirit comes to give us gifts is so that we can minister to one another in the midst of community. So it's vitally important, and it's a priority uh, in our lives. So it's God's idea. It's not, you know, we didn't, when we were planning the church, we just said, hey, what about community? Oh, I don't know. That sounds like a good idea. No, it was something we saw in Scripture or something we said, Boy, this is important. We want to make sure that this is uh, a focus of what we, uh, what we do and who we are as a church. So this church is a community of God's people. We're gathered for his mission. Uh, we're displaying God's character to a watching world. We're testifying with our words. Uh, we're, we're, um, we're adjusting our lives to reflect community that um, he's called us to in Scripture. And as I mentioned, there, there, are, there are forces that we have to kind of overcome to really participate in community. There's that kind of rugged individualism. There's that sense of, you know, and I, maybe I, I might be the only person, but there's a lot of times I think, you know, I just, I like to hang out with my favorite person. And that's, unfortunately, that's me. So I just think, <laughs> I just hang out with myself. I'm, I'm good. You know, I, I don't need to, you know, people kind of hassle me and they want to talk about things that are, interesting to them but not me no god says no you need dave you need other people you need uh what they can uh, the blessing and the grace that god can give through them to you but you also need to be used dave you need to serve people you need to care for people you need to speak encouragement to them so um we just have to be aware that you know individualism is a is a force that kind of we have to press against. There's kind of that consumer mentality. Hey, I don't know, community, it sounds like I'm going to have to do things that other people want to do. That, that seems inconvenient. I just want to do, do my stuff. Can't you just leave me alone? <laughs> I'll just read my Bible and listen to the message. Is that, is that enough? No. It's community. We're called to be the body of Christ. We're called, called to be God's building. We're built together. So we need to be built together. We need to be connected. Um, Sometimes in today we can think about community as uh, you know I've got a lot of Facebook friends, Dave. You know I'm I, I you know I'm on Twitter all the time, Snapchat. You know I'm connect, I've got a community. I'm connected, Dave. What are you talking about? You know, isn't that enough? Uh, no, <laughs> that's not enough. I mean, seeing what you know somebody had for lunch on Facebook, or and again I like Facebook and and. Twitter and I and I embarrass myself and and other and my family typically uh, on Facebook, but uh, and that there is a sense that I can stay connected and, and kind of keep up to date with what people are doing. But that's that's not what the Bible's talking about when it's talking about community. That's not talking about the fellowship and breaking bread and and being together. 
community in, in a lot of ways is a reflection of who God is. When you think about the nature of God, and I know that was one of your, your messages, but we have the Father, we have the Son, we have the Holy Spirit. So in a sense, God you know, is, a, is community himself. I mean, there's the, uh, you know, the three persons of the Godhead in perfect community. So for us to represent God and to represent him well, we need to do it as a community. Um, so, you know, for a lot of us, we go to the Sunday meeting, and uh, Dave, come on, isn't that enough? That's a that's a pretty long meeting. It's an hour and a half, and you know, well, that's a good meeting, and it's great, and you want to be there for the teaching, and there is an opportunity to to fellowship with folks, but we're talking about a shared life. We're talking about uh, a together life. So, um. Community is something, um, and again, we don't want to just have sort of a mental ascent. Yeah, I know the, there's a principle of community that's good. You know, I, I want to affirm, Dave, yes, I'm voting community is a good thing. Is, is, that a, is that enough? No. You need to participate. You need to be a part. You need to get in, roll up your sleeves, and relate to people. And that could be messy. I know people, people can aggravate you sometimes. I can aggravate. I don't. I always aggravate, but sometimes I do. And uh, but there's God works in and through those relationships. So community groups are a real focus for community as a church. Not the only place that community happens, but a lot of what we're going to talk about today, we're going to talk about community groups. That's a key place where we connect. Uh, we experience informal times of worship. We um, talk about applying God's word, and, and uh, there's a, usually a community group meeting, <clears throat> but the, and that's just the beginning of our life together. Um, so community groups are a place where uh, we're joined together, we're devoted to one another, we can counsel one another, we can honor one another. The scriptures are full of all these one another's, and they can happen within the context of community. Uh, we can confess our sins to one another, forgive one another, carry one another's burdens, uh, teach and admonish one another, pray for one another, love one another. Um, community group isn't the only place those things happen, but it is a primary focus of where community happens for us as a church. So let's talk a little bit more about community groups. Uh, they're a vehicle primarily for three things, and we'll just break that down very simply to talk about tonight. Community groups are a vehicle for discipleship. They're a vehicle for pastoral care. They're a vehicle for mission. So this is an opportunity. It's really a great place, a great venue for us to take ownership of the mission. Um, there's a mission uh, for our church. There's a, there's a purpose. There's a uh, focus for us, and uh, it's important that we all own it. It's not just, well, that's Jerry's mission, and that's good. No, it needs to be Larry's mission, and Mark's mission, and Pete's mission, and Layton's mission. It should be all of our mission. Yeah, that's my mission. I'm a part of it. I want to be connected, and community groups is an important part. It's a great opportunity for us to own the mission. So look at your, in your notes, I think number one, it just says uh, community groups, they're a vehicle for discipleship. So they help us to develop discipleship. They help us to maintain 
discipleship. Not just discipleship as a program that happens every once in a while. Oh, it's time for the discipleship series. But discipleship is to be a part of our lives together always. Uh, that's a, that's a, a regular kind of a heartbeat of the Christian life. We're called to be disciples of Jesus Christ. And community groups is a great, are a great place where discipleship can happen. So, you know, there is a weekly meeting, there's a weekly event, but it's not just about attending a meeting, it's much more. Now, turning your Bibles to Matthew 28. Matthew 28, starting in verse 19, and this is, uh, this is the great commissions at the very end of the gospel here. Jesus is, um, is leaving, giving final uh, words and, and encouragement to his followers. Um, I'll start reading in 18, actually. So then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. All right, so he's, he has all authority. He has all, uh, not just in heaven and on earth. So based on the fact that I have all authority, here's what I want you to do. So again, it's not a suggestion, but based on his authority, he's saying, go make disciples of all nations. How do I do that? Well, you baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You teach them to obey everything that I've commanded. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now, a lot of times when you hear this passage, it's in the, in the context of evangelism, right? You're talking about going and making disciples, preaching the gospel, sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. And that's good. That, that is a, one of the focus points of this passage. But beyond uh, preaching and baptizing in the name of the Jesus, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We're also called to teach people to obey everything. Uh, we're called to make disciples, discipline learners. So, um, this is the Great Commission, and it's all of our commission. We're called to be disciples. We're also called to make disciples. So, think about that, and and. Some of you may have different experience. Some of you would say, hey, this is great. Yeah, I feel like I'm a disciple. I've, I've been discipled. I've been, I have relationships that I would say, yeah, I'm, I've been discipled. Well, are you discipling others? Are you helping others in a regular way to grow in the grace of God? Um, we're called to be disciples. We're called to make disciples. Um, it's the responsible, responsibility of every believer. So it's not just a special... Uh, class of people. It, it's for every follower of Jesus. So we're, we're all on a road to maturity, aren't we? You, know, you think about it. We're, we're all wanting to grow. We're wanting to grow in godliness. We're wanting to grow in holiness. We're wanting to move forward in our, our life, in our, our experience of faith, in our, in our uh, fellowship with the Lord. But we're all, we're all on a road, but none of us have arrived. Um, it's not like you get on the road for a little while to, to, to be discipled and then you get off. No, we're called to be disciples all of our lives. We're, we're growing together in our understanding and application of the Bible.
so when you think about discipleship, and I think this question's on your uh, handout, when you think about discipleship or discipling, what comes to mind? We have different ideas. It could be a one-on-one meeting. So it's, um, you know, getting together over a cup of coffee or, you know, we're meeting, we're, we're talking about lives together. It's a one-on-one kind of an interaction. Um, it might be a class. Maybe there's, you know, um, you go to a class where there's a group of people gathered together and they're growing in maturity um, by learning, by uh, applying the word, maybe through preaching. But community is uh, a real uh, a important focus for discipleship. It's really the primary, one of the primary ways that discipleship is going to happen in your life. It's going to happen in my life. So look at this quote by Brad House. And by the way, this is out of a book. Um, I think this is in our bookstore. It's called Community. Uh, taking your small group off life support. So it's got like a breathing apparatus on a chair. It's a little odd, but great book about community, examining what do the scriptures say about community. Brad House says, Discipleship is about providing a means by which we begin to shepherd people in the direction of maturity. Discipleship classes and the like can be considered a booster shot within a greater strategy for discipleship. This is because discipleship is a lifelong pursuit. It's a lifelong pursuit. Now, maybe you uh, were discipled early on in your Christian faith. Maybe, uh, you know, you came to know the Lord Jesus and you had a person or, or, or people that really discipled you. They, you know, there's kind of a sense of apprenticeship. They talked to you about uh, cultivating your relationship with the Lord. They talked to you about growing in godliness, and and maybe that was a focus early on. But there's a place for discipleship throughout your life, wherever you are, whether you're a new believer. I mean, I know I've been a believer a long time, but I I need to be discipled. I need care. I need people to, to love me enough to point things out or people that I can go and say, look, um, you know, Hey Pete, I've, I've got adult kids now and I'm, uh, I'm running into things I just don't know. How do I how do I encourage somebody in godliness when they're you know six inches taller than me and and, they, and they're on their own? They live in a different place. How do how did you do that? Can you decide, Can you help walk me through that? You know, is there anything that God has shown you throughout the years? So there's discipleship that can happen where, wherever you are in your walk with Christ. Now you may say, Hey, Dave, this sounds good. Nice principle, nice idea, but, you know, I've been a part of community groups before, and they they weren't all that. They were kind of, you know, maybe you had a bad experience. A lot of us, we, you know, as I said, you know, maybe we've had uh, different small groups. We've been uh, part of different churches, and maybe maybe you've had community groups or small groups that you would say, hey, yeah, that was good, and and I'm all for that, and... and, um, and even in the room tonight, there may be some of you that would say, hey, we're already in a community group and love it. And others may say, yeah, you know, we haven't gotten there yet or we've tried a few and haven't connected. But um, sometimes we can have trouble seeing community group as being beneficial. And uh, I want to read this one passage. <clears throat> this, is, again, is out of the book uh, Community by Brad House. 
He said, uh, a community group should be life-giving to its members. Unfortunately, many of our experiences have been different. Community groups are often seen as obligatory and life-taking. We secretly hope the kids will be sick so we can stay home. We know if we go, then Sally's going to dominate the conversation with the same issues we've heard about for the last week. And insensitive Rob is going to miss the point and start lobbing Bible verses at her. As this drags on, Jim is going to prove that he's the smartest guy in the room by parsing a Greek verb and quoting dead Puritans. Then, when time is running out, we'll go to uh, prayer requests for each other's grandmother's cats that are suffering from angina. The only prayer, my only prayer is that this will end soon so I will get one more piece of banana bread and then get home to my TV. Now, this is not, this is not the picture of community. Now, there's, there's an aspect where this could be kind of what you experience at a group, but that's not all that it is. There, there's so much more. Uh, community group is not sort of a, well, I need to suffer through it. Boy, this is really stinky, but I guess this is a way I can die to myself. <laughs> no, I mean, community group should be more than that, and it, and it can be more than that for you. So can you relate to that? Anybody... Is there anybody that had something less than an ideal experience at a small group? <laughs> it's my daughter who's in my group. She can say that, <laughs> yes. That's true. Um, yeah, that's true. I mean, we're all, again, we're on this, this uh, walk of faith. We're growing towards maturity. And, um, again, the meeting, the community group meeting isn't all that. It's kind of like the iceberg. You know, it's the part that's above the water. But there should be much more to the life of community than just the meeting. So take a look at Hebrews chapter 10. Just checking our time. Probably need to pick up my pace here. Hebrews 10. Uh, yes, that was my 709. <laughs> okay, thank you, yes. So I wanted to be at 709 before I got to the, through the, the first of my 12 points. So I'm doing good. Yeah, so, so keeping up a good pace. So. I'm just kidding. Yeah, at 809, I want to get through point number two. Yeah. People up front are like, oh, no, please. Hebrews 10, verse 19. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, op- I mean, this is, so, this is such good stuff. <laughs> we could stop and just kind of have a worship uh, time just reading this, the, what's, what we have in Christ. But the, So we enter, uh, focus day, the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us, think, look at the plural aspect of this, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in the full assurance of faith uh, that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. 
Verse 23, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we can spur one another on to love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. Focus on 24 there. Let us consider. So the, the challenge here is, you know, take some ownership of this. I want, uh, we're being encouraged to think, how do, think about this. I want you to give some thought, some time. How can you encourage? How can you spur one another on? And we need that sometimes. I mean, we need a spur that does, you know, doesn't sound like a very pleasant thing, but sometimes you need to be spurred. <laughs> I need to be spurred. It's Dave. And I've had people that, you know, love me enough to say, you know, Dave, I love you, but, you know, you're just, you're on the sidelines right now, bro. You're just, you're not really engaged. What's going on? And they've served me so well. They got my attention. Um, And that's, you know, an aspect of discipleship that I've really benefited from. So this is what we're encouraged to do together. Number two, so we've talked about, um, well, well, we're still in number one. So we're in community groups. They're a vehicle for discipleship. How, what does that discipleship entail? So number one, discipleship entails the application of God's word. So it's one of the greatest ways we can spur one another on to loving God's uh, love and good deeds is by applying God's word to our life. So when we get together at a community group, let's just say you're, you're a part of a group, you know, you visited Pete's group, which is on Thursday night, Wednesday, Uh, or you meet Randy's group or my group or whatever group you go to. But one of the things, one of the focuses of that time together will be to say, how do we apply God's word to our life? That's that's the goal. And this may look different for different groups, but we want to say, so I've got Larry's in my group. So if, if, um, what was our message on today? So what do we talk about? We were in uh, Luke, what? The The trial, trial of Jesus. So Part of the challenge would be when I sit down on Thursday and I see Larry across the room and I say, okay, hey, Larry, let's talk about this. How do we, how do we apply this word to our life? You know, we've learned the truth. We, we appreciate what Jesus did for us, the fact that he suffered, the fact that he stood alone. You know, he was deserted and he was wrongly accused. He was, he was you know, was kind of a kangaroo court. You know, you hear about that. Larry, how do we, how do we apply this? What, how does this, how does this affect what we do? Pete, you know what, you know, as you've been thinking about this this week, has there been anything that uh, that you would say this applied? And so it's an opportunity not just to say, you know, hey, wasn't that a funny illustration when Jerry said whatever? And sometimes that happens, but it should be a, a sense of coming together to say, uh, here's here's how this word is affecting me. I felt, I felt convicted. You know, I felt this pointed up an area of my life where, boy, I'm not willing to take a stand. You know, I don't want to suffer. Or, uh, you know, you may arrive on community group night and you may say, you know what? I've been studying this for all week. And I, don't, I don't know how to apply this to my life. I, I know it's scripture and I know it's good, but somebody help me. What, what do I, how does this relate to me, what I do tomorrow? And that's fellowship. Part of fellowship is saying, 
hey, I don't understand why Dave, Dave's alarm went off. Um, that was my timer. Improvise. So we want to apply God's word. That's, a, that's one of the focal points of discipleship. Look at number two. So another aspect of discipleship is accountability. We talked a little bit about that. So we know that, that sin is deceitful. We like to think, you know, if I had my druthers, I would say, you know what? I want to grow in godliness, but I, I don't want to have to involve other people. I don't, I don't want other people to know that I sin. You know, I don't, I don't want anyone to see it, or I don't want anyone to talk about it. <laughs> but sin is deceitful. We know that the scriptures say that. And if, and if sin is deceitful, we know that our hearts are deceitful. We may think, you know what, I'm, I'm okay. You know, leave me alone. I'm, I'm, I'm all right. I'm good. But we need others sometimes to help us, don't we? And you've all probably had friends that loved you enough to say, you know, boy, I'm really nervous about saying this, but, um, you know, Randy, you need to stop shoplifting. You know, I've been talking to you about it, and I, I, I know times are tough, but, bro, you know, you know, you need to empty your pockets of the stuff from Target. Or, I mean, we need accountability. We need people to know. And sometimes we need accountability from a, a good sense. You know, we, we, need to, uh, we need people that, you know, yes, they may see things that are, are challenges or th- ways that we're, we're sinning, ways we've been failing, and they can encourage us. They can speak the word of truth to us. They can help us to grow. We also need people that can recognize God's grace in our life. Because a lot of times, I don't know if you're like this, sometimes we can just be, we're so aware of areas that we're, we're failing. We're so aware of things that we don't have or areas of lack or areas where we need to grow. We need others that can say, you know what? Hey, I noticed, uh, Pete, you know, I noticed how patient you were with, uh, with Mark. And I know, you know, I know how, what a problem Mark can be, but, uh, no, <laughs> no, you know, but I know, hey, and I would hopefully I wouldn't say it like that, but I would say, Hey, I know you guys have, you've kind of, fussed a little bit and the relationship's been tough, but I, I, I just love the way you guys are speaking to one another patiently now. And I just want to know, I see, I see God working in your life. We need that. That's one of the things that can happen in community group uh, is a lot of times we, we, don't, we don't know. We don't even realize how God's helping us to grow and helping us to change. And it encourages us when someone catches us doing good. That's a part of accountability. It's not just somebody that that um, knows our, our challenges and can help us through that, but also someone that can recognize the grace of God in our lives. So uh, there's a quote. This is not in your um, handout. Let me just read this to you. So when you think about accountability, uh, it's not just about lying in wait to catch people doing wrong. You know, you're not like the, the gospel, uh, you know, assassin or, you know, you're the... Uh, what's the, what do you call the guys that sit in the trees with the gun? The, the sniper, you know, it's like, oh, I saw him do something wrong. Uh, that's not accountability. It's, um, it, there's a purpose. It's assisting people to do what is right for the long run. Accountability provides some loving structure, some guidance, encouragement, warning to people who are fully committed to the change that God's working in their life. So that's, this kind of interaction is 
probably not going to happen as you're passing somebody on Sunday morning. You know, probably, I don't know, it might happen. So when I see Doug on Sunday morning, you know, we're in passing, and, you know, he's probably not going to say, hey, Dave, by the way, I, I saw that you were impatient with Pete again, and can I talk to you about it? You've you got to know people before you have those kind of talks, I would think. I don't know. Maybe Aaron's pretty bold. You know, he might just go there right away. But generally, we have to be around people. We have to know them. We have to be friends. We have to, to really speak truth to people. Um, you need community. That's the, that's the context for that kind of interaction to happen. So community groups, and this is in your um, <clears throat> handout, community groups are also a vehicle for pastoral care. So we have, we've had three pastors, three elders in the church. Now we're expanding that to seven. So good news. So everybody gets their own personal pastor now, right? No, 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 there's still not enough. How do I get the pastoral care I want? Well, the pastors are here, and, and they're, they want to care, and they work hard as unto the Lord to, to care for people, but there's, just, there's too many people uh, for the pastors to be an accountability partner for every single individual in the church. This can't happen. You know, you may see Jerry for a few minutes, and he's, he's, he's anointed, and he's charismatic, and he's, he's loving, but you're just going to see him for a few minutes, a lot of times on a Sunday. And you need, I mean, I need people that I'm going to see for hours every week. I need people in my community who know me and love me. Uh, <clears throat> community groups are a place that pastoral care happens. Your community group leaders are men that have, have been uh, kind of proven and they've been equipped and they've been trained to help the pastors extend their effectiveness, extend their reach. So... You know, chances are some of the, the most effective pastoral care you'll receive is in your community groups. Now, again, this isn't to say, oh, well, we don't want anyone calling the pastors or don't call the office. That's not it at all. They're there to serve and counsel and help. But I want to just raise all of our expectations to say, you know what? Hey, I, I can receive pastor, pastoral care in my community group. That's one of the reasons my community group leader is there. And I know people that serve in that way, that's, they feel the weight of that. And they're, they're, that's a joy for them to care pastorally for you. Uh, finally, community groups are a place for mission. So congratulations, you are now a missionary. So we're gonna, I'm going to take everybody's picture, and you're going to be on my, uh, my uh, refrigerator while all the other missionaries... No. We're not going to do that. I mean, we, we talked to, uh, if you were there this morning, Billy Hires was there. He's a missionary. He's going to other nations. We're not necessarily going to do that, but we're on a mission. We have a mission here. We have a mission that we're called to as a people. And a great part of that mission is going to come through community group. Um, we want, and I, I think this is an area where, I don't know this, is, this was maybe the, one of the stronger points, of our community groups, but I think increasingly we're saying we want to join together with folks in our community group to impact our whatever neighborhood or whatever part of the, the city we're in. Community groups are a part of the mission. So I will probably end just to leave a few minutes for questions with talking briefly about the rhythm of community groups. So I don't 
I won't, I won't ask anyone to raise hands. But again, there's probably people here that are, maybe you're in community groups and all is good. Maybe you visited some community groups and you haven't quite settled on. And there may be some that are saying, I, you know, I haven't just, we haven't gotten to that point yet today. We haven't gone to a community group. Community groups often have kind of a different rhythm to them. We all, there's 15 or 16 or 17 community groups. They all have a similar uh, mission. They all have a, a similar purpose, but they can have a little bit of a different rhythm based on the people that are in the community group. So if you come to, I think, Ryan Carver's community group. So they meet, anybody go to Ryan's? Anybody? So we got people. So Ryan, tell, tell me if this is right. You could, you could correct me. But Ryan's group, as I understand it, they meet somewhere downtown-ish in his apartment. So they're kind of downtown. There's younger people. People, and I'll define younger as is below 40. <laughs> uh, but um, some of the folks from college, maybe. So lots of people from the college. So that it's not, there wasn't like, hey, we were going to have an affinity group for college students. I mean, although that could be good, but that just, that's kind of the rhythm of how things worked. Ryan's a young guy, and he lives downtown, and he, he serves down at the uh, college. So that's a little bit of their rhythm. So we've got the ID, Brian ID and his wife, Anne. They have a community group that meets on Friday nights, and they have lots of young families with young kids. So the rhythm of their group is a little different. They've got kids there, and they meet often for meals, and that's a big part of what they do. So the rhythm of their group is kind of defined to a certain degree by the people in the group. My group we have everybody on, I don't know if Leah's the youngest, but I'm going to say 16. We have a couple of teenagers. We have, I think most of everybody else is probably 50s and 60s and 70s. So we're more mature, more, more seasoned. So just, right? Larry's laughing in the back. Um, so now we did not, we didn't say, hey, we want a, we want a, a a community group for people in their 50s and 60s and 70s and a few teenagers. That wasn't like the goal, but it just happened that way. That's kind of the rhythm of life. So as you visit different groups, you'll, you know, there may be one that fits with where you are in life. And um, we don't, you don't want to overstate that. I mean, we don't want to say, well, I don't know, Dave, there's, I'm a single mom, so I can only go to groups that are for single moms. no. There's real value in, in being able to relate to people from different life experience, you know, younger and older and, and blue-collar and white-collar and um, whatever. You know, we're just together. We're family. So just as we close, uh, Acts 2.42 talked about devotion. Remember, we started by talking about that first church. They were devoted to fellowship. Hopefully, we're devoted to the fellowship as a church, and that's one of the aspects of um, Gulf Coast Community Church that's just important to know. So, well, let, let me let's spend a couple minutes just asking questions.